Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to this episode of Idleman Unplugged. The topic today is the great cost of preaching without prayer and theology without fire. And I'm actually going to take a lot from my article that I wrote on this same topic. So if you want to find this information, you can go to my website, shaneidleman.com, and just search the great cost of preaching without prayer, theology without fire by Shane Eidelman, or it should come up on Google as well. And let me begin by saying throughout church history, I mean, you can look at the Reformation to Revival. Uh, Pivotal shifts have taken place to get us back on track. You can even go to the second century, third century, some of the councils, uh, early church fathers. There's always some pivotal shifts had to take place to get us back on track. These critical moments are often centered around sound doctrine and the ability for the leaders to humble themselves and pray and fast and be broken before God. So although sound doctrine is so important, that's what we stand on, that's what we fight for, that's what we preach, if you don't have the prayer, brokenness, and humility, you'll be a modern-day Pharisee. You'll be an angry preacher. Yeah, you have truth, but you have no love. You're straight as a gun barrel, theologically, but you're just as empty. Uh, That's why we do call it modern-day Pharisees, that hard-heartedness that is not beneficial. Um, And so actually today, too, we find ourselves in another dilemma. The drift of so-called liberal churches is apparent. It's been estimated that well over 70% of all churches don't even look to the Bible as their final source of authority and direction. So if you go to church, ask the leadership, is the Bible our final source of authority and direction, inerrant and inspired? If they waver, if they hem and haw, if they try to make excuses, I would find another church because the spirit of the living God is not there. Sure, they might do nice things. They might have a homeless outreach. They might provide showers for the homeless. They might paint neighborhoods and all that's great. I think we should be doing that more, but that's not the gospel. The gospel involves repentance, uh, God's judgment, the fear of God, and we look to the Bible as our final source of authority and direction. It There is no other book, there is no other teaching that supersedes that. It stands alone. And so we can see why America is crumbling from within. The foundation is deteriorating. And although disheartening, my main concern with the article I wrote and with this podcast is not necessarily with these numbers and these liberal churches, since God often uses a small remnant to fulfill his purposes. You know, it's not like, oh, if we could just get all the churches on our side, or if we could have the 70% on our side, which isn't going to happen. We're actually, I believe, drifting into more moral decay. I don't know when when you're listening to this, but I recorded it the end of May 2022, and we could have statistics, you know, in the next... um, I'm hoping not, but you know, in the next two, three, four years, where only 10% of all churches are Bible-believing, spirit-filled churches. And what I mean by that is filled with love and joy and brokenness and humility and gentleness and kindness and self-control. They have the 
boldness of the spirit, but also the love of the spirit. And so my main concern though, again, isn't with the conser- uh, con- uh, the uh, liberal churches. My main concern is with the remnant that needs to be awakened from their spiritual slumber. Conservative churches, this is our battle to lose. And I was so convinced of this that we actually sent the article that I mentioned earlier that I'm reading from. Uh, we actually, the great cost of preaching without prayer, theology without fire, in case you're just tuning in, we actually sent it to almost 5,000 churches in the mail because we believe so strongly in this message that we have to be filled with, with power from on high. We have to have sound doctrine. We have to have the combination of a, a, a straight gun barrel, but have, a, uh, have it loaded. We need the slug in the chamber. We need both. Now, where let's let's ask this. Let's think about this. Especially the top ten churches in America right now. You look at their messages. Very watered down. Very seeker sensitive. Um, it's not really New Testament theology in many areas. And, and begs the question: Where are the men with uncompromising, uncompromising power and authority? in the pulpits today. Now, granted, there are some, and I appreciate their ministry, but as a whole, the church is lacking. And it's very evident who they are here in California. You know, that's where I live. I'm considered Southern California, a Northern Los Angeles County, if you can believe that. We've got some solid churches down there in Sacramento. I'm sorry, San Diego. I'm not sure about Sacramento. I'm sure there are. Um, You know, San Diego and up the coast, Chino Hills and uh, Sun Valley and um, Moore Park, Thousand Oaks, our area of the high desert, and then you keep going up. You know, there's there's a lot of good remnant churches, but sadly, there's a lot that are, who are not uh, solid in following God. And so in these immensely trying times, how can I say that stronger? In these immensely trying times, we need more leaders filled and clothed with power from on high. Those who do the most for God are always people of prayer. And D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, preaching is theology coming through a man who is on fire. Did you catch that? Preaching is not theology coming through a man who is well-educated, although thank God for education. Preaching is theology. Preaching is not theology coming through a man who does a lot in his community. Preaching is not theology coming through a man who is a nice guy. It's coming through a preacher who is on fire. What does that mean? This is the good fire. This is the fire of God, the manifest presence and power of God in your life because you've surrendered. You're not perfect, but you're forgiven. You're repentant. You're humble. You're broken. You try to work on your pride. You bring it to the cross and you you come out of that prayer closet on fire for God. And I love what Calvin Miller said, preaching in one sense, merely discharges the firearm that God has loaded in the silent place, meaning the prayer closet. Your prayer closet is also your power closet. And I can, I know many of you even listening, you've got so busy that you have no time for prayer, no time for that intimacy with God. And I don't care how busy you are. If you're too busy to put God first, you're too busy. Uh, you know, I've got thousands of things going on myself, I understand. But if I don't pray first and get that time in with the Lord, my whole day suffers. We make time for those things that are most important to us. If you got a call and uh, your assistant said, hey, there is a um, a donator, a donor from our church actually wants to give the church a million dollars, but he needs to meet with you uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. or tomorrow at 5 a.m., let's say, I'm pretty sure you'd be there. 
Why? Because it's important. And how much more spending time with God? Uh, Because Ian Bounds, who I love, you should read his books on prayer. He said, the sermon cannot rise in its life-giving forces above the man. Dead men give out dead sermons and dead sermons kill. Everything depends on the spiritual character of the preacher. Basically, who you are all week is who you will be when you step to the pulpit. Man, if I could, if I, if you take anything away from this, take this away. Who you are all week is who you're going to be when you step up to that pulpit. You can't say a quick little prayer, do a little studying Saturday night, and expect the Spirit of God Almighty to descend upon your sermon. Why? Because you preach, your your lifestyle preaches. It comes from the deep recesses of your soul. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So it's being careful what you watch and listen to throughout the week and those you associate with and hang out with and pull you down. And especially, I saw this a lot in the physical fitness world. You know, it's all about the gym and working out and eating good. And that's great. I think we should do all that. But if that's your whole focus and you become very carnal and body centered, it's going to take away from your preaching. On the flip side, if you're very lazy and lackadaisical and don't even care to take care of your, your, your physical, and it's going to, it's going to weigh in on your preaching. It's going to it, it, try sleeping four hours and eating junk food. And let me see how you do the next day. It just, the physical effects are spiritual. But I'm talking about spiritual here, who the preacher is all week spiritually is when he will step to the pulpit. Why do we remember all these guys such as, well, many of you like to quote Spurgeon and I do too, um, Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, um, John Wesley, uh, John Bunyan, and then even more contemporaries, uh, A.W. Tozer, Leonard Ravenhill, uh, David Wilkerson. Why, why Why do we quote them? Because they were on fire for God. They were, they were saturating their mind in his word and in prayer all week. So when they came up to the pulpit, it's hard to explain, you know, I rarely come up there just to teach and Hey, here's some notes I put together. You know, let's go get lunch. There's you afterward, there's usually a, a burden, the burden of the Lord you're carrying all week. And this, this, this burden that has to come out and you're spending time in the prayer closet, you're working on your message and uh, the message is working on you. And when you come to the pulpit, you unload what God loaded in the silent place. It's very powerful. And I think that's what needs to happen to more people and more pastors. Absolutely. You know, no more, no more business as usual. And as I've, I've shared before, a friend of mine attended a large gathering of conservative Christian leaders. Uh, when I mentioned how powerful it would be if they added times of prayer and fasting and worship to the schedule, he responded, that would be a game changer. But many still have the business as usual mentality. Folks, I love meetings and and get togethers. I'm going to a couple pretty big ones in San Diego um, later this month in June, actually, and then in August again, and some well-known people will be there. And I love that. I think it's important, but we can have a lot of meetings and miss what God is wanting to do. We, we, we need to, during these times, we need to have times of repentance and brokenness and worship and prayer and fasting. We don't need gourmet dinners all the time and, and, uh, and name dropping and selfies. And that's not going to fly. What's going to fly is men and women on their face before God Almighty crying out to him. So why not have these large gatherings? Let's, I think of, let me think here, uh, the national religious broadcasters, NRB or, um, uh, other big conventions or conferences, why, why 
why aren't we focusing more on prayer and fasting and worship and humility? Well, Shane, that doesn't draw the crowd. Well, I'm, I'm convinced that God is not in the crowd. He's in the major, he's in the minority and the remnant seeking and pursuing him like never before. You know, and even though the world is falling apart and our nation is sinking into a moral abyss, there is very little desperation for the things of God. I want to ask some of these Christian leaders and event organizers, what's it going to take to wake you up, folks? Another mass shooting? Uh, maybe something close at home, more church shootings, more decadence, more illicit sex, more perversion. Wake up. Business as usual is not going to cut it. You know, and it does beg the question today, what's it going to take to draw you back to the heart of God? And again, I love solid, life-changing, hell-shaking preaching, but desperate times call for desperate measures. <clears throat> Corporate prayer and worship, along with deep brokenness and humility, must be center stage again if we are truly going to experience another spiritual awakening. Business as usual won't cut it. And I often say, I'd rather cut time off of my sermon than cut time off of prayer and worship that follow. A dark corner in the church. Leonard Ravenhill once lamented that the Cinderella of the church was the prayer meeting. Sadly, not much has changed. The prayer meeting, if there's one at all, it's usually relegated to a dark corner somewhere in the back of the church on an off night so that there is little expectation that anyone will pay her any attention. She goes about unnoticed, unloved, and uncelebrated, yet she is the one who keeps the house in order. And I believe, as do some of you, it's time for Cinderella to get dressed for our king and spend as much time in prayer and worship as we do preaching. The dry, dead, lethargic condition of the church simply reflects a life void of prayer. This must change. So to fuel the flames of revival, consider adding early morning worship and prayer before Sunday services. We began this years ago, and the fruit has been amazing. Ian Bounds also said the church becomes a graveyard, not an embattled army. Praise and prayer are stifled and worship is dead when you don't have prayer. And that's one reason why we put it as the focal point of our Sunday morning. Uh, doors open usually by six and we have worship on six, six, around six, six thirty. And then we just seek the heart of God for an hour and a half. And then we go into our prayer meeting and then the services start. And then even following the services, we have extended worship and prayer. We've, and I'm not saying we do everything right. Don't, don't look at us as the model. We're just, we're just groping in the dark, uh, for, for, for God to come and save us and pour out a spirit on a, on a dry and thirsty land. The plight of the thirsty pilgrim. Most church services have a few perfectly timed songs followed by announcements. Then the moment comes when the pastor opens the word and points listeners to the fountain of living water. But again, I'm talking about conservative churches here. Jesus is exalted. God's word is magnified. But there, but where are the times of prayer and intercession and worship? We boast of solid theology, but do we have brokenness? We are well-versed in homiletics, but what about humility? This unbalance has cost us dearly, and it reveals a deeper issue. It reveals that many leaders are not drinking deeply themselves, and it's hard to lead someone where you've never been. 
A few weeks ago, God just really put this on my heart. Just a couple quick sentences here I want to share with you. We take time to stand and preach, but it's prayer that has the furthest reach. We love to study through and through, but only prayer will see you through. We are busy striving to succeed, but real success comes from bended knees. And again, you can find all of this in my article, The Great Cost of Preaching Without Prayer and Theology with Fire, Without Fire, on my website. Uh, but you know, the, the bottom line is the great cost of preaching without prayer and theology without fire is that we miss the fullness of the spirit. Listeners are engaged and they're ready to drink deeply, but instead of satisfying the longing of the soul via extended times of prayer and worship, the thirsty pilgrim leaves parched and barren. We must rebuild intimacy. Is the word of God truly in your heart like a burning fire? If not, be encouraged. A simple prayer of repentance can get you back on track. As David M. McIntyre once said, incredible book he wrote on prayer, as the electric fluid which is diffused in the atmosphere is concentrated in the lightning flash, so the presence of God becomes vivid and powerful in the prayer chamber. God must prepare the messenger before we prepare the message. We must return to the prayer closet and rebuild intimacy with the Lord. Let it not be said of us today that we fail to defend the truth, restore our nation, and guard our families because we didn't carry the burden of prayer directly upon our shoulders. It's our choice. Do we stand or do we fall? If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.